But networking is one of them. Mm. Like sometimes it can feel a bit like... It can be exhausting. Exactly. (laughs) the feeling I get. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So there's a reason why like you know what you're up against when you've got to go to a big event, a conference, you know those feelings that'll happen and the the, the way you're going to be left feeling after it. Exhausted, Mm -hmm. drained, you know, all of that. But you know it's important and you want to do it for the business it's important for you a lot of things for your own for your relationships all all of that stuff um yeah I think sometimes those like things that fall into kind of both categories like you kind of feel obligated but you kind of also want to do it I oftentimes feel like those are things that I'm not really great at and so I'm outside of my comfort zone when I'm doing them Mm -hmm. so like I want to do them because I want to become better at them um but that's where I think because I'm not good at them is where a little bit of the obligation creeps in. Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole, and welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. (laughs) This one's back. Nicole, how are you? I'm very good. Hello, Kate. How are you? I'm doing awesome. We are both again back from little travel travel. How are you feeling coming back? You getting into the swing of things easily? Yeah, it's been a busy week, uh, but feeling feeling quite settled and um, excited to be catching up with you after your trip. I want to hear. Yeah, all about ditto. It. So wait, actually, you didn't just get back from travel, but you were at a business summit short business summit here in Sydney. So it was a local event. Um, Okay. I was actually thinking like, hang on, did I travel? (laughs) (laughs) I know that I had to rethink that after I said it too. I definitely did. But wait, is this fasting really affecting my brain? Because I don't remember (laughs) No, no, no. So it might have been a little bit um, confusing because you might have uh, seen on Instagram that I was sharing some photos of us at Business Blueprint here in Sydney run by our friend Dale Beaumont. Awesome, awesome guy. It was a lot of fun. Um, So, yeah, that's where I've been. Uh, But you've been actually out of Puerto Rico. Yes, I was in Dallas for Podcast Movement. Yeah. And Podcast Movement says fun podcasting conference. Um, Were you guys just one year? Did you go? Two years. Two. Two. Now Dallas was the first uh, PM, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We went to that one and we went to the one after. So just two. Okay. Yeah. I believe this, I think this was their ninth. Isn't that wild? Oh my goodness. I know. Shoot. (laughs) Nine years. Oh, these things happen. And I realized, gosh, time has so gone. Just, I don't know where it's gone. 
Nine years. I know. I know. Yeah. But it was a great event. We saw a lot of uh, incredible friends that, you know, we've met over the years at Podcast Movement and through podcasting in the online business space. So it was really fun to just catch up with everyone. They had a great expo area this year. I was really impressed by it. It was set up really well, very walkable, a lot of good booths. And um, we got to hang out with the HubSpot Podcast Network, which Entrepreneurs on Fire is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast yeah. Network. So, awesome. so that was really fun. Oh, so much fun. Yeah, I was looking oh, a bit of FOMO, but happy to see so many familiar faces having a great time. Yeah, that would have been quite the trek for you guys. <laughs> I know. God, yep. We're far away at the other end of the earth here in Australia. <laughs> oh, well, today's topic is kind of related, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Mm. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about obligations and whether we do things because we actually want to do them or we do things because we feel obligated to do them and how some people try and escape obligations. I kind of feel like I've probably been there before. (laughs) (laughs) And can the answer be a simple mindset shift? We're going to be diving into all of this today. I'm excited to chat about this, Nicole. I think it's a, like the more that I think about this, topic, the more I realize how complicated and intricate it is. (laughs) Mm. And it kind of ties into responsibilities, but not really. It's always those feelings of like, I've got to do this. I want to do this. Sometimes there's a bit of both. Mm. And I think it's just pulling back and thinking, all right, being aware of like, when when am I just doing something because I feel obligated to do it? Yeah. And when am I doing something because I want to do it? Still mm-hmm. recognizing that there are things that you have to do. So maybe not getting down in a negative mindset because you have to do it because there could be good there could be good outcomes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's dive into it. Are do you feel there are things in your life that you do because you feel obligated versus because you just purely want to do them? I think in business there's stuff that you don't want to do, but that you have Mm. to do, whether it's administrative. It was kind of like when I was in a nine to five, I almost felt like I had to fill in the hours, even though I had done the work that I needed to do. I'd finished what I needed to do, but you you feel like you need to stay back. It's kind of not the same though, but it's just the not fun stuff in business. Yes. And I feel like a lot of the times I'm all about the mindset of it, right? And I'm the first person to always think when somebody uses like a I have to type of statement that you either switch it out and say I get to or you say, wait a second, nobody has to do anything that they really don't want to do. You could hire someone, you could delegate it, like all these things, right? Okay, so that aside, I don't want to delegate it either. (laughs) So I like kind of start going down that path, but then I'm like, nope, I just really don't want to do this, but I need to, if I want my business to continue running. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think that, yeah, I can definitely see running into some things like that in business. But then you think about like all the incredible things that your business gives you and you're like, okay, I'm willing to do those things because of the end result or like the outcome, right? That I get to do that. Omar did that to me the other day. He's like, you don't have to, you get to. And I was like, oh, he kind of caught me (laughs) off guard, but that's a good one to realize that, you know, it is a privilege or 
it's, it's a mindset shift there, right? Mm-hmm. It's seeing it mm-hmm. in another way. I get to do it just completely changes that feeling of like, oh, the weightiness of the obligation. Yep. What are some other work things like outside of administrative stuff that you're just like, ugh, I feel very obligated to do this. I do not want to. Social media posting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you, I always thought like, dang, you and Omar are good because for the longest time you guys were like, it's just not our thing. We're not going to do it. But then you guys shifted and you started doing it. From obligation? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you feel like it benefits your business, though? I mean, you guys must see some type of benefit from it to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a benefit to sharing. There's a benefit to being present, to being top of mind. Well, it's funny, the timing of this, because just yesterday, John and I were in my office together, and we were talking about business insurance, These are the Mm -hmm. things that I just don't like, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like some of my biggest business lessons have been around areas where I continue to remind myself and have learned that nobody cares about your business as much as you do. Mm -hmm. So something as important as business insurance, like I should care about that because some of these things, like, yes, you want to hire experts because they're experts and you don't know business insurance and that's why you have somebody else do it for you. But like to some extent, you have to care to get it right, to do it right. Mm. And hopefully once you do it right, the expert that you've hired or that you've trusted to find your policy or, you know, there's a a bunch of different scenarios. I'm using insurance as an example. Hopefully that expertise takes over and it serves you the way that you think that your impression of what it should do for you. Mm. But that beginning part is like, I just... I'm not interested in business insurance. I just want my business to be covered. Yeah. (laughs) And so those are like kind of some of the things where I feel are just not like things that I love to do. It's not fun. And you, and you might, I get that. Like you procrastinate over starting the, yeah, filling in forms, all that boring stuff, Mm -hmm. reading documents that are just like, this is so dry and so boring, but it's necessary. But even now that now that we're talking about it and I think about those admin things like contracts or yeah insurance reviews or processes you know coming up with you know SOPs op- standard operating uh, processes and protocols it sounds so boring and initiating and getting it done can be a little bit painful but then I think about when I when I look back and I I say oh okay those things are all check 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 done there's actually a really positive feeling that comes from that. You feel like, okay, Mm. you feel accomplished. You feel like you've done the right thing that you've needed to do and you've done it well. I think you and I don't half bake things. Like when I, when we do, I generally feel like maybe that's where, that's where the procrastination kicks in because it's like, all right, I've got to put together this SOP and I'm just not going to phone it in. I want to do it right. I want to do it well. And so, you know, that's going to take forever and it's going to be like a lot of research and testing. (laughs) But then I look back and go, look at this beautiful thing. All the ducks are in a row. We've created everything we needed to do. Check. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I feel that way as well. Once I kind of tackle that thing, then there is like a great sense of accomplishment and I'm proud that I did it. And like you said, I'm proud that I did it well. Yeah, that's a great point. I like it. 
Um, okay. So what about, do you have like personal stuff outside of business that you're just like, feel as a straight obligation? You don't have any desire to do it? Grocery shopping, cooking at home. <laughs> I, I know those things are really important, but I feel I don't want to do it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, those are like two of my favorite things to do, so I can't <laughs> relate, but I'm sure there are so many people out there raising their hand right now. Cause I know that that's not everyone's favorite. Okay. Then what about you? You know, I really feel like off the back of another mastermind that I was a part of a couple years ago, a lot of my like recurring struggles that I would bring up is the fact that I felt like I was over committing myself. Mm. And then when it came to like do those things, it felt like such an obligation. Like I wasn't excited about them, but I had already committed to them. And so, you know, I mm. wasn't going to not do them. Uh, and a lot of the times it was just strictly around my time. Like it didn't feel like I had enough time to do the things that I wanted to do for myself because I was always you know, going and participating in like mm. some type of meetup or um, helping support like a, a local, you know, charity or a, a farmer's market or something like that, which are all great things, right? I mm -hmm. love doing those things, but it was happening at the expense of like, you know, me being able to take care of myself. And so... I've, I found that I kept coming with that struggle to the mastermind like every single time we met until finally I really started focusing on saying no. And so when it started coming to like the personal things in my life, when they would come up and I think for a split second, like I don't really know if I want to do this or not, I would never answer in the moment. And I found that that really helped me with like some of those things that were starting to feel like just straight obligations. I didn't want to actually mm -hmm. do them. And so I feel like I've honestly done a really good job of weeding that stuff out of my personal life. And I'm really proud of that because it takes a lot of work to do that. And I think that naturally I just really like home things mm. yeah. <laughs> like I like keeping things like I like cleaning up I like being in the kitchen I like grocery shopping I like cooking um, I like decorating so a lot of those things I feel maybe even a majority of people don't enjoy doing I kind of weirdly like them <laughs> that's good that's a good place to be but you've also set those boundaries too. I think sometimes the obligation comes from and the frustration, it sounds like, let's say with those other examples, when you'd overcommitted yourself, the frustration or the sense of obligation comes when you haven't set the boundary. You felt obligated to say yes to things, mm -hmm. possibly. And then because you've said yes, you've, you know, you have to um, honor your promise and be good for your word and yeah. all of those things. That initial sense of obligation, I suppose, is where you have to question, like, why do I feel obliged to say yes to this versus yeah. do I really want to do this? And honestly, finding that, like, people really respected when I said no. Mm. And, you know, in some cases, like, if it was for a charity or an organization or something, I would find other ways to support that wouldn't make me feel like I was fulfilling an obligation rather you know I was using a skill set of something that I enjoy doing in order to help out so it's like it wasn't like I was just having to say no and like deny 
myself being able to participate, it was just in a, in a different way. Yeah. And that's such a good point about people you respecting you for it. There's always, I feel that person in, in a family situation or a friendship group that is the person that never feels obliged to say yes or to overcommit themselves. They tend to say more no. They tend to feel like I'm just going to do what I want to do. And it looks like at the outset, you know, everyone's annoyed or why would you do that? You have to, all of those things. And yet that person ends up having a little bit more respect because they have more a sense of like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And secretly, I think everyone else wishes that they could just say no to things more often. I don't know if you have that. (laughs) <laughs> there's things though that I feel obligated to but I still want to do them because they so there's a bit of a that both situation they kind of fall into both the both buckets um not that we've created buckets um but networking is one of them like sometimes mm. it can feel a bit like it can be exhausting it's, it's all, <laughs> exactly kind of the feeling I get <laughs> yes exactly so there's a reason why like you know what you're up against when you've got to go to a big event a conference you know those feelings that'll happen and the the, the way you're going to be left feeling after it exhausted mm-hmm. drained you know all of that but you know it's important and you want to do it for the business it's important for you a lot of things for your own for your relationships all, all of that stuff um yeah I think sometimes those like both things that fall into kind of both categories like you kind of feel obligated but you kind of also want to do it I oftentimes feel like those are things that I'm not really great at and so I'm outside of my comfort zone when I'm doing them mm-hmm. so like I want to do them because I want to become better at them um but that's where I think because I'm not good at them is where a little bit of the obligation creeps in. And I think networking is a great example, especially like me 10 years ago, like that felt like such a leap outside of my comfort zone to go to a mixer or a networking event and just go talk to people that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But I also think that that goes back to our point before about some of those things where like you do them going into them, you felt like pretty uncomfortable. You weren't really sure you wanted to do them. But then by the end, you think, oh, my gosh, that was great. That was so much fun that like I learned something. I got to meet someone. I had a great conversation. Yeah. So I think that the benefits of those things are really high. Mm. So it comes back to like if you do feel obliged or obligated, then to say, I get to do this. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's so many things. I think the word obligation for me anyways, immediately kind of holds a little bit of negativity. Mm. And so do you, Mm. do you feel that way? That's a good point. Um, I don't know why I just started thinking about the social obligations, the work obligations. When I was living in Japan, I felt that that there were so many more obligations placed on people. Like I felt that those were very clear and delineated. Like an example is like, if you're wanting to leave for the day, like your work is done, then you wouldn't leave the office or the staff room in the case that uh, when I was teaching until your superior has left. Mm. And so that sense of obligation feels very forced and negative. But then the flip side of that to your point where there's a positive is that it kind of no one rocks the boat it creates a kind of harmony a social harmony that you only understand and you you appreciate afterwards like 
uh, there yeah. were a lot of things that I felt like people are doing things out of obligation. They don't really want to do them, but it kind of maintains a, yeah, social harmony or a status quo that the benefits of that outweigh just a free free for all and disrespecting people or challenging yeah culturally speaking that is really interesting to think about like the different scenario even traveling and being in other countries you kind of notice things that are very distinctly different from how somebody would be doing that if you were in your country mm-hmm. uh and yeah so that's a that's a great point I feel like in American culture, and and I don't think that it's just American culture, but I will speak for American culture since that's my culture. And for me, that is the handshake. Like when you meet someone, you shake their hand and you like look at them, you make eye contact. For me, that is shows respect. Um, it shows interest. It's just the nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I go into a conversation and like, honestly, this has happened to me a lot with males where they, for whatever reason, to me, it seems like they don't have the time of day for me. And Ooh, that really gets me fired up. Like it gets me so angry when, you know, that it it does kind of feel, well, I'll say an obligation, but I like it. I feel like it's part of a tradition that again, shows all the things that I already mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody doesn't do that, I'm just like, who do you think you are? (laughs) Oh, So they don't shake your hand. Is that what you're saying? They don't shake your hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't make eye contact. Like even if somebody introduces me and they're just like no look, no handshake, not even an acknowledgement of Mm -hmm. like being introduced to me. So that's like the, the very far end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. right but I've had it to where like somebody just kind of like looks your way and is like oh hey um, no handshake or anything like that no continuation of of interest or anything so um, there are varying degrees to that but yeah I mean I do feel like there are some of those things where and maybe it is in some scenarios cultural but it's totally yeah it's totally cultural because and I know what you're saying because it can feel really weird the first time that someone doesn't behave that way the experience in Japan where the handshake is not as common as the bowing the first time somebody shook my hand it was quite limp and I was like Mm. oh that's we grow up with the firm handshake as right. a signal of like, okay, we're making a connection and it has to be firm. And when you get this very limp handshake, you're like, that felt weird. What's what's up with that? <laughs> yeah. And did I just break your hand or not? <laughs> but then I realized, okay, it happened a couple more times. I'm like, all right, I get it. The handshake thing is not done. Similarly, in, you know, in, in Dubai, in the UAE, there are a lot of men that won't t- make contact with, with women. So they'll put their hand mm. to their heart as a signal to say, um, you know, I'm not going to shake your hand. And so the first time that's like, oh, what's happening until you understand, oh, that's a signal that we're not going to shake ah, hands. Okay. And so you kind of, uh-huh. then you just get used to it and it's like, okay, it's not the done thing. Um, but those experiences can throw you the first time because you just assume. And it was the same thing as like, you know, where's my fork? I'm eating with chopsticks the first time. I'm like, hang on a second. I'm not, I don't know how to do this. This is the first time. I'm, what are we doing here? So, but it's so interesting, right? Because that can be, 
you may not think of that. You may not be aware of that. Um, yeah. Okay. We've talked about obligations, things that we don't like doing, but we feel obliged. We talk about the things that kind of are both, you know, mm-hmm. we do feel obliged, but we kind of want to do them too. What about the things that we want to do? What about like that other bucket? I kind of feel like there is like three buckets. Mm. There's that third bucket of the things that we want to do. What are some of those things for you? For, well, for me, it's all the fun stuff, right? Spending time yeah. with, <laughs> with friends, spending time with Omar, with, with family, going out for fun, exercising. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do all those things. This podcast this podcast exactly like I want to (laughs) we're not generating any revenue from this it's like we're not obliged to do this but we want to do it I want to do it I want to hang out with you I want to have these fun conversations these interesting conversations Um, and wouldn't it be great if life was just all about the things that you wanted to do and you didn't feel obliged to do but that's not reality right but I was just thinking right now you know and and this is maybe obvious at surface level, but I would have never independently thought about if we weren't having this conversation is like everyone's obligations or what they feel obliged to do is different. Like Mm -hmm. for you, you mentioned, you know, spending time with friends and um, going out for walks and exercise and, and all of these fun things. They're fun for you, but for other people, they think like, ugh going out for a walk like I don't want to do that I don't want to exercise I really don't even want to spend time with my friends I don't know what type of person would say that but you know there really are out there so um yeah I don't know I guess those obligations are different for everyone hmm so it makes me think about a tweet that I came across um from Naval which uh asks a personal metric. How much of the day is spent doing things out of obligation rather than out of interest? Mm. What a great question to pose to yourself. If you're going to measure out of the day, how many things are you really doing because you feel like you have to do them or because you actually really want to do them? I don't know if I would have stopped to think about that. Yeah, I don't know that I would have either. And I'm actually kind of running through my day just because I think it would be fun if each of us kind of said what what we felt just kind of off the top of our heads doing some quick mathematical percentages. But I'm thinking of like some things in my day that maybe when I very first started doing that, because I have a lot of routines in my day. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of the things when I first started doing them, like they did kind of feel like obligations. But once I got into a rhythm of doing them, then I really started enjoying them. So that's kind of interesting, too. Like maybe you think of things that you're not excited about starting, but that maybe once you get going on them, that they will become. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of like the things we were talking about, stuff that you're not that good at. But like if you become good at something, it becomes more fun. Yes, that's true. If I think about the earlier years in business when I would have meetings, um, management type meetings, maybe someone that I'm managing, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I dreaded those meetings. I felt like I wasn't a great leader. I felt like, oh, maybe I'm not doing the right things by um, this person on the team who I'm supposed to be managing. They have these expectations of me. So actually showing up to those meetings was not fun and felt like an obligation that I had to do because I'm their quote unquote manager. But then those, now I actually really enjoy meetings with the team. Mm. I know a lot of people will be like, oh, how can I, I 
get a lot of energy. I love discussing things. I love having those brainstorming sessions. I enjoy syncing up with, with teammates. Um, and so maybe in the sense that, yeah, I didn't feel like I was good at it or I had to get better at, oh, I get, it comes back to, you know, it, when you're trying to do that mathematical calculation of, you know, how much of the day is out of obligation versus doing things out of interest. Now that we've had this conversation and I feel like the, I get to mindset. Yeah. Is what I should be seeing all these things through. I almost feel that everything is um, out of, mm, everything is out of interest. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think when when I start to think about like a breakdown of my day, I think that it's the things that I feel obligated to do that are not really, I'm not doing them out of interest are more like one time type of things. Anything mm -hmm. that I do repetitively on a daily basis, I do it because I want to. Mm -hmm. Whether I also feel some type of obligation to do it, maybe, but I would say majority of it is because I want to do it or I get to do it. Mm -hmm. But those obligation type things where you go into things I just don't want to do and I only do them because I feel obligated, then that would be more of the business insurance, which mm -hmm. is like, I don't need to do that daily, right? Yeah. I do it one time and then it's yes. done. So I think I'd probably put like my obligations in that type of category. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So I guess both of us are in a pretty good place then <laughs> when it comes to, do, you know, doing things that we want to do or that we get to do um, versus feeling like there's a lot that we have to do. Because I think too, we've practiced um, and over time that skill mm -hmm. of setting those boundaries, not feel like we have to. And I think that comes all the way back to you know, leaving, leaving a nine to five that we didn't, didn't feel like we wanted to do anymore. Yep. Going into entrepreneurships, creating things, starting things that we feel like we want to do them. Um, I think that takes practice. I think it's a, it's hard when, and I think that came from in, in my teaching time, I felt obligated to do things because I did, actually didn't really want to be in this, in this role anymore. I didn't want to do this kind of work. So everything kind of felt like it had a sense of obligation. But when you start to make decisions that, you know, you feel like, okay, I get to choose what I want to do. I want to have more autonomy, more control over what I choose to do. Maybe that's where we feel like, okay, there's less obligations. Definitely. And those decisions that have been made along the way and those like mindset shifts and the perspective shifts are some of the most difficult decisions I've ever made. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's a lot of hard work to get to a place where you can start to say that or feel that way. Yeah. I, and that's like a huge part of w why I do what I do in our business, because I want other people to know that they have this choice, that mm -hmm. they can decide to take a different route if their job, if they don't like their job, if they don't like any type of situation that they're in, that there are options. And yeah, because I mean, it's certainly changed my life for sure. I mean, I guess I could always change my mind because 
as you know, Nicole, and as all of our friends know who have been tuning into our podcast since the beginning, John and I are going to start trying to start a family this year. So I don't know. I'm sure there's there's different life phases where I can imagine maybe there are things that start to feel like obligations. So that's a whole other world. I wouldn't know anything of, but for sure, I can imagine, you know, if you've got the responsibility of caring and being a parent, there will be things that, yes, you feel obliged to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about. Yeah. Well, I don't yet, but new chapters, new chapters. (laughs) We'll have to do a part two of this episode post Post bebe. Post bebe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, this was great, Nicole. Thank you for chatting obligations with me today. And friends, as we close out today's chat on obligations, we hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.